Welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience and almost daily podcast about anything and everything weather and science and earth science, and sometimes off-topic material that the creator and host finds interesting. I am the creator and host, Andre Bernier. I'm a meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. And in just a moment, we'll get to today's material, and I pray that you will enjoy your time here and to help spread the word about Weather Jazz, now available on most mobile podcast apps, as well as on the website, weatherjazz.com. This episode is being produced via the production tools on our host's server, anchor.fm. And if you've ever thought of starting a podcast, take a look at anchor.fm. They make it easy, and best of all, it's free, just like this podcast, Weather Jazz. And this is episode number 46 for Wednesday, January 30th, 2019. We've got one more day of January left, and it will be in the deep freeze. Maybe not quite as cold as today, although technically the high temperature for January the 30th at Hopkins Airport will have occurred at midnight. And we've been on a, uh, not exactly a free fall, but temperatures have been on a decline ever since. And I believe we hit two below, but the uh, more on the, uh, the cold side of things in just a little bit. But uh, as far as the high temperature so far today, it was eight degrees and it held there from eight above zero from midnight until 126 a.m. this Wednesday when it fell down to seven and and of course went down below zero officially went below zero for the first time at 741 a.m. and essentially has been toggling between one below and two below for much of the day up until the time of this recording and uh, at 8 p.m. it's still one below but the wind chill index is uh, down to minus 22 and uh, just FYI the coldest wind chill that I have seen is uh, 46 degrees below zero. That was at Toledo Express Airport just before noontime today. So yes, we have some notably cold air. Let's get to the low side of things because I told you I would get there. And I suppose this is as good a time as any to tell you that the record low temperature for January the 30th has not yet been reached. Um, I thought perhaps it might have been uh, during the morning. Just didn't happen. Uh, we've toggled between minus one and minus two. That's not the record. The record was set for this day way back. It's an old vine year, 1873. And uh, I suspect that it will only be a matter of a couple of hours before we break that record establish a new record, uh, which will probably be five or six or even seven below before midnight tonight. Now, the record for tomorrow, or uh, if you're keeping track of things, Thursday, January 31st, is five degrees below zero. So if we're at five below or under, automatically we will see a brand new record just by seeing the calendar flip over and the clock uh, go from 11.59 to 12 a.m., on Thursday. So that's the scorecard for right now. This is not the uh, coldest we've seen, uh, except for the record, the specific record for the day. But in terms of the length of time we've spent under zero, uh, that record was set back in 1994, 56 hours. Now, what I really want to talk to you 
about tonight is about the difficulty in breathing when the air is this cold, not necessarily indoors, but when you go outside. Is there a danger of breathing air that is too cold? And if it is too cold, what happens physiologically? Well, I'm going to start this whole segment off by a, an anecdote. And this is a personal anecdote from when I went to college up at what was then called Linden State College in northeastern Vermont. And uh, nowadays, it is called University of Northern Vermont at Linden. And uh, that's a recent change, and they're now a university. And they are located in Lindenville, Vermont. It's north of St. Johnsbury. It is no more than 25 minutes, 30 minutes uh, from the uh, Canada border. And just before you get there on Interstate 91, if you travel north towards Derby, and that's right along the Canadian border, it's on the U.S. side, Derby, Vermont. Uh, Just before you get to Derby, there's a sign on Interstate 91 that says you are now exactly halfway between the North Pole and the equator. In other words, you're at 45 degrees north latitude. Uh, So that's how far north it was. I was looking forward to spending four years, and um, especially under the tutelage of Dr. Joe DeLeo, uh, who uh, was uh, just a a phenomenal professor of meteorology. He was, by the way, the co-founder of the Weather Channel with John Coleman uh, back in 1982. He worked for John Coleman for a while after his stint as a college professor and, again, became co-founder of the Weather Channel and became my boss for a little while because he essentially was responsible for hiring me from my first television job in Cedar Rapids. But let's back up again because I was looking forward to spending time as a student in northern Vermont. I loved the thought of cold air. I loved the mountains. I loved snowstorms. What kid doesn't as they're growing up in southern New England? The problem is in southern New England, we were so close to the coastline, so close to Cape Cod, that it didn't take much of an east wind to change the snow to rain because of the ocean influence. Now, we certainly had our fair share of snowstorms, but By going just a couple of hours north into northern Vermont, boy, would I get my fair share of snowstorms and cold air. I was looking forward to it. This was the winter of 1977 to 1978, a very famous winter. It was very, very cold. Cold headlines. Time headlines, the Ice Age is coming. Of course, we all know that uh, that never came to fruition. Because the climate goes in ebbs and flows. It it goes up, it goes down. It was a down cycle back in the 1970s, without a doubt. So I was in northern Vermont my freshman year in college. And uh, in 1978, in January, we had one of the coldest periods that I can remember. In fact, it was colder than any temperature I had ever uh, personally had experienced. The temperature one particular morning that we woke up in Lindenville on campus of Linden State College was 42 degrees below zero. That is what you read on your outdoor thermometer, not the wind chill. Yeah, the wind chill, it was... uh, much colder than that at times 60, 70 below. But this was what was on the thermometer, 42 below. 
I woke up with ice all over my dorm window. I was excited to, to see what 42 degrees below zero felt like. Now, I had the equipment. I had a heavy jacket. I put on the hat. I put on the gloves. And I got ready to go out to breakfast that morning. I pushed open the door. And I walked in to take a big sniff of 42 degree below zero air. And what happened? It it was as, as if somebody had paralyzed my lungs. I suddenly couldn't breathe. And I very quickly ran back inside to the dorm. And within maybe a second or two, I was able to get my breath and start breathing again. But this time, it was with a heavy hacking cough that would not stop, almost like a smoker's cough. And another upperclassman had gone by and saw me having a problem, asked me what was going on. And in between coughs, I basically said, uh, went out there to, to sniff the air. And he said, you didn't do that without a scarf? I said, no, I wanted to see what air that cold felt like and he says bad move he says your your bronchial uh the, the moisture in your bronchial tubes probably for a brief split second instantly froze and you couldn't breathe for a second and you came back in you warmed up and you quickly got your breath but now you're coughing and so he says you can't do that you can't breathe in the air so quickly he said you got to have a scarf around you a lot of space and breathe in slowly so that the air has a chance to warm up before it goes into your lungs so that was my first experience with air that was that cold uh, word to the wise, it won't get that cold cold in uh, northern Ohio, but uh, if it ever gets down to 20 below, 25 below on your thermometer, uh, do think about uh, the, the proper way of breathing outside, that you have a scarf around you so that the air can warm up before it goes into the, the lungs. Now, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the physiological response of what happens here. Uh, especially as the body tries to warm things up. First of all, the nose helps to protect the lungs by adding moisture and increasing temperature to the inhaled air. When a person is exposed to cold temperatures, the tissue lining of the nose swells, as do the capillaries, and the capillaries open up. And that's uh, frequently how our, our noses begin to run uh, for that particular reason. It's It's not for any other reason other than Uh, It's a response to the very cold air. In fact, according to one website, often it's it's too much blood in the nose, not increased mucus, which results in nasal congestion that you get in the super cold air as you're breathing. You may notice that if you spend a lot of time outside. Well, the body's next defense against cold air uh, is the mucus lining in the airways. Mucus uh, acts as a barrier protecting the airways from dangerous particles and organisms, bacteria and that kind of thing. Uh, but it also helps to humidify the, the air going into the lungs as well. Uh, so what happens with the cold air in the lungs is that the mucus tends to thicken up. And especially so if you're dehydrated, that's not good. And you can actually block the airwaves. And that's where the coughing can come in. The cold can actually incite uh, enough inflammation so that uh, the airways swell, leading to kind of an asthmatic wheeze uh, and or, in my case, in that particular instance, coughing. 
until your lungs can recover uh, sufficiently, uh, and then uh, nor- normal uh, breathing will uh, resume. So uh, a little word to the wise, as the air is this cold, make sure that you have a scarf around your nose and your mouth, and uh, breathe slowly, and it's perfectly normal to have your nose start to drip. And now you know why, because it's uh, of the increased capillary action sent to the nose to warm the air up before it gets into your lungs. Uh, Again, overnight low tonight uh, will probably break a record uh, before midnight. The old record is four below, and that's an old vine year, 1873. Dick Goddard always said, it's tough seeing those records go. But as my other friend, Joe Bastardi, has said, he's a meteorologist for Weatherbell, and Joe says, all records are there to be broken. It seems as though whenever there's a record set, pretty soon somebody else will set one even better. Boy, that's true in all kinds of things, even sports today. Is that not the, the, the case and the truth? Well, have a good night, everybody. Stay warm. And uh, things are going to start to turn around here pretty fast this weekend. But uh, certainly the next few days will be cold. Stay warm, and I'll catch you next go-around right here. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast today. And if you're listening via a mobile podcast app such as Breaker, Overcast, Google Podcast, or iTunes, among the many that are out there, remember to subscribe to Weather Jazz so that you'll automatically download the new episodes as I am able to upload them. And please take a moment to offer a review, and every single one of those reviews helps to get the word out. If you'd like to contact me with a question, a comment, or a program idea, I look forward to hearing from you. The best and the fastest method is via email. My email address is simply weatherjazz at yahoo.com. Weatherjazz and weatherjazz.com is copyrighted, and the Weatherjazz signature is a registered trademark, all rights reserved. I look forward to being with you soon with a brand new episode right here on Weather Jazz.